It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 12th of April. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Laura Cook. UK investigating reports of chemical weapons used in Ukraine. They know what's waiting for them. They have no incentive to surrender and um, therefore they're going to fight it out for as long as they can. And calls for calm and patience in the fourth day of protests in Sri Lanka. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We begin again in Ukraine, where it's been reported that Russian forces have used chemical weapons against civilians in the besieged port city of Mariupol. The UK says it's working urgently to verify the reports. UK Foreign Secretary Liz Truss has said if true, this would be a callous escalation of the war. Meanwhile, Ukrainian authorities have denied Mariupol is under Russian control. Asgold Krushelnitsky is the Times of London's reporter in Lviv. Those people who are defending Mariupol know what's happened in uh, Bucha and these other places where atrocities have been witnessed, documented by independent observers from areas occupied by the Russians. They know what's waiting for them. They have no incentive to surrender and um, therefore... They're going to fight it out for as long as they can. It's been warned that fighting on the eastern front of Ukraine will intensify over the next few weeks as Russia refocuses its efforts following withdrawals from the north and western flanks. Officials in the region of Luhansk say Russian troops are advancing for a renewed assault. Western leaders have said they expect Moscow to triple its forces in the Donbass. Roman Stepanovich is the CEO of Zaborona Media, an independent media outlet, and has spoken to Times Radio. Civilians have been advised to leave the eastern cities. Some people don't want to because they already have been through it in 2014. Everyone is just waiting the the moment when when Russia will start the full-scale invasion through the conflict line that is very much fortified since 2014. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky will address Lithuania's parliament on Tuesday following a visit to Kyiv by his counterpart Gitanas Nuzeda. It's expected that Mr Zelensky will ask for more military aid. Former British military commander General Sir Richard Barons has told Times Radio that the Ukrainians know what weapons they need. The Ukrainians, knowing very well the sort of attack they're going to face from the Russians, want weapons that have longer range, greater precision in dealing with particularly armoured vehicles on the move. The challenge is they have some capability for that now. That can be reinforced, but there is simply not the time to give them new weapon systems because they would have to learn how to use them. Volodymyr Zelensky says tens of thousands of people have been killed in Mariupol, with the city barely recognisable following weeks of heavy shelling by Russian forces. Pakistan has a new Prime Minister. Mia Mohammad Shahbaz Sharif Saab is declared to have been elected as the Prime Minister of the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. 
The country's parliament has selected Shabazz Sharif to replace Imran Khan as the former PM was ousted in a vote of no confidence in the early hours of Sunday. Mr Sharif, the opposition leader who worked to depose Mr Khan, will now form a new government to remain in place until elections in August next year. After winning support, Mr Sharif accused his predecessor of mismanaging the economy. God knows what kind of air of change blew as it's collapsed everything. The economy was ruined, society was ruined, a poison was stirred into society, I would say, Mr Speaker. Now it will take years and years to clean up this poisonous water. It follows days of high political drama around Imran Khan's departure from power. It sparked street protests and a mass resignation of MPs from Khan's Pakistan Tariki Insaf party, against the impending change of government just minutes before the vote. Mr Khan had attempted to block a previous attempt to bring a no-confidence motion against him by dissolving Parliament and calling for a snap election. However, the country's Supreme Court upheld an opposition petition that his actions were unconstitutional and ordered the no-confidence vote to go ahead. Political analyst Amir Zia says that there are still controversies surrounding the country's new PM. The new government will be facing at least three major challenges on the domestic front. Uh, The number one challenge is of legitimacy. The new prime minister is already marred with controversy, different sort of allegations. Uh, And people are questioning the, why they are questioning the legitimacy? Because the entire process has been tainted with the allegations of horse trading, of uh, buying and selling of loyalties. So this is one challenge the new government will be facing, how to legitimise itself. On the way, protests continue in Sri Lanka as calls are made for an interim government and a rare auction sees lunar dust going under the hammer. Times of London Daily World Briefing The worsening bloodshed continues in the Democratic Republic of Congo as at least 30 people have been killed in two days of attacks It happened in the Ituri province, which has been under an official state of siege since last year, along with the Norse Kivu province. Some of the victims have been found tied up. Others had their throats slit. Homes were torched and property looted. The attackers are believed to be members of the Allied Democratic Forces, a Ugandan militia that has been active in eastern Congo since the 1990s. Uganda sent more than 1,000 troops to Congo in December to undertake joint operations against the ADF. In North Kivu, another rebel group called M23 has recently relaunched a rebellion seizing villages, adding to the security crisis. We move now to Sri Lanka, where protests enter a fourth day amid the country's economic crisis and calls for an interim government. The island nation of 22 million people has been dragged down by debt and running short of power, fuel, food and medicines. It's reached out to the International Monetary Fund and countries such as India and China for urgent financial help. In a televised address, the Prime Minister Mahinda Rajapaska called for calm and patience as protesters continue to camp outside the President's office. We didn't end a 30-year terrorist war and eradicate the fear of death of the people to make them suffer like this. We're involved in a massive program to win this crisis we're facing today. 
president and I are spending every moment to formulate solutions on how to get Sri Lanka out of this current crisis. President Gotabaya Rajapaska dissolved his cabinet last week and called for a unity government to help tackle the crisis. 41 lawmakers walked out of the ruling coalition to become independents in the 225-seat parliament. The government has said it retains a majority in the House. Now, three political parties that recently withdrew from the country's ruling coalition have proposed an interim government with a new prime minister replacing President Gotabaya Rajapaska's older brother. More talks are scheduled on Tuesday. Sri Lanka's next parliamentary election isn't due until 2025. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With news on restrictions imposed on Manchester City's Champions League quarterfinal in Madrid, here's John Jackson. Spanish champions Atletico Madrid will play Wednesday's Champions League quarterfinal second leg against Manchester City in a partially closed stadium. The European football governing body UEFA has ordered at least 5,000 seats to be left empty at the Wanda Metropolitano over the discriminatory behaviour of the Atleti supporters. Current English Premier League champions Manchester City won the first leg 1-0 last Tuesday in Manchester, after which the Spanish side were charged with the offences of their fans, including throwing of objects. UEFA have also ordered Atletico to display a banner with both the wording hashtag no to racism and the UEFA logo on it. Chelsea are also in the Spanish capital for their second leg tie against Real Madrid this evening. They go into the game in a less favourable position, having lost 3-1 in the first leg in West London. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Baby, one more time, it's number three as Britney Spears posted a message on her Instagram on Monday announcing her pregnancy. It comes just months after she escaped the conservatorship which governed many aspects of her life since 2008, the form of legal guardianship which was set up by her father after her mental health crisis meant she couldn't make many decisions about her medical care, including birth control. The 40-year-old singer, who already has two teenage sons, has previously spoken out about her wishes to have a family with her partner, Sam Asghari. She has also spoken about her previous experiences of perinatal depression. In an Instagram post, Spears said she won't be going out as much to avoid paparazzi photographers. And finally, property of the US government rarely reaches the auctioneer's hammer, but an unusual sale is taking place in New York. Lunar dust gathered by astronaut Neil Armstrong in the Apollo 11 mission in 1969 was originally sold through a government sale and fell into private hands. It's now up for auction and estimated to sell for between $800,000 to $1.2 million. Also under the hammer is a 1969 map of the moon signed by 15 astronauts and a fragment from the rocket launcher that sent Sputnik 1 into space. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 12th of April. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.